Welcome back to the AIM Podcast, episode 26 with Matt Jones. So excited for this episode. We had a great conversation and it just brought a lot of value. National champion, ACC champion at Duke University. Got a lot of great experience, a lot of great stories. You guys are going to love it. But first, we're going to jump right into Motivational Monday for this week. Our topic was, if you wait until you're ready, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. And this is so true, and it's it, it's so easy to get caught up in this cycle of just pushing stuff on to the next day, on to the next week, on to the next season of your life. Guys, take action. If there's something that you are passionate about, something that you really want to accomplish, take action today. That's the only way it's going to get done. And if you continue that process and that cycle over and over, that's when you're going to see huge gains and huge successes in your life. Like we mentioned last week, we're so excited about our partnership with Blenders Eyewear. Guys, check them out. They're the real deal. Their glasses are elite. So good for summer. So good for training, whatever you need. Check them out at Blenders Eyewear. And if you use code AIM, A-I-M, at checkout, you're going to get 16% off for our AIM fam. We're looking out for you guys, and we're so excited. Jumping back in with Matt. Matt Jones is outstanding from from Texas. He's a great, great basketball player, and now he's jumped into the business world. But the conversation was outstanding. So many cool insights and wisdoms from himself, and obviously playing under the legend and the GOAT, Coach K. So many cool stories that you guys are going to love, and we cannot wait to share it with you. Without further ado, Matt Jones. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much for being on the AIM Podcast. Thanks for having me, Doug. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to kind of give some background. Like, you know, we, I had a chance to meet you a few years back working Duke basketball camp and uh, always had a lot of uh, you know, I always loved your game. You know, watching you play at Duke's been fun. And actually, I think the first time I saw you play, you guys played the John Wall, right? When you were in high school? Yes, we did. We did. We did. I uh, We played Carl uh, Anthony Towns that year. We played Brandon Ingram when he was a freshman. Uh, so, yeah, we did. Talk, I mean, we'll jump into your story before that, but real quick while we're on it, like, talk about that that experience. That uh, That's a big-time event. That's a big tournament. Yeah. Doug, it was being a kid from Dallas and being a team from Dallas. You just you didn't know how big the tournament was. Um, obviously, all you knew was that you were getting on a plane um, <laughs> and you were going somewhere that didn't look familiar. And so we were excited about that. Obviously, we were still we were just kids, and so to just get out um, made a lot of sense. But to get there and to hear guys like Brandon Ingram and Carl Anthony Towns, just the buzz that they were creating um, during that time, you know, it, it was. I really enjoyed that moment. I enjoyed uh, just competing with uh, against them, but with my guys that I grew up with. Um, but to kind of just see how everything came full circle, I think it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And you had a cool experience because, like, obviously you said you came in from Dallas. I grew up in Raleigh, and so the tournament's in my backyard. And, you yeah. know, like you said, the, play, the players they pull for that are incredible. We had an opportunity to play uh, Dennis Smith my sophomore year in Coy Park. Nice. It was unreal. I mean, it's – they, they do a good job of bringing in the best talent around the country, honestly. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I mean, it, it definitely helped that we won. I'm um, just going to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Brandon and Carl's listening, yeah, we beat you guys. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think the experience was awesome. Again, who would have thought that um, looking, looking full circle that I, I'll be back there going to Duke. But um, it's crazy how things work out. 
no doubt. Was Coach K actively recruiting you at that time when y'all were playing there? He was not, actually. Uh, well, maybe. So Coach started recruiting me my junior year um, officially. I remember getting that first call in the summer at the LeBron James camp. Um, and then, you know, it was, it was, it was one of those things where, Hey, I didn't even know Duke was in North Carolina. <laughs> and so it was, it was very much one of those things where is coach K being who he is and the name that he carries. And he's just one of those things where it's like, Hey Matt, we want you. All right. Well, where do I sign? <laughs> what was the recruiting process? Once, once he got in the game, it was pretty much a done deal. Yeah. <laughs> I was a I was a I was a kid from a small place. Um, I was not into the whole flash and all. Look at me, look at where I'm going type of thing. And so it very much lended itself to like Coach Colin. He he offered, and then I went. I I toured Duke one time, and I was uh, countdown to craziness. And um, I ended up leaving there, and I was like, Hey, Coach, uh, I want to come here. My only stipulation is I want to let everybody know my birthday, which was like a month or two later. Um, and so that really kind of how it went. So it was a very simple process. That's honestly, that's, that's very impressive that you're able to do that. I wouldn't have been able to personally hold that in for that long. Dude, <laughs> dude I mean, it, <laughs> you just don't know what you don't know. And that, that youthful pride, I mean, I guess I took some pride yeah. in wanting to tell people like, hey, I'm going to do yeah, um, I think that's kind of where it stopped. Everything else is kind of like, all right, here we go. <laughs> right. You didn't leak it to any friends or anything? You kept it, like, seriously tied to the vest? Man, Doug, I had, I had a, a four or five friend group um, that I just did everything with. And so, obviously, they, I told them. But outside of that clique, there, there wasn't a fair, uh, very few. There was very few people that really knew. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that, that's a cool – that's a really cool story. I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, well, but I mean, I will say though, you know, you, you're very humble and uh, that's, that's awesome. But you did have an amazing high school career. I mean, McDonald's yeah. All-American, Jordan Brand Classic, like you were, you know, top recruit. So I'm sure that, you know, Coach K is a different story. Like Duke coming in the game, I know changes it, but I'm sure you also had, you know, a lot of other you know, enticing offers and, and opportunities to explore as well. Doug, man, I was a huge Bradley Bill fan. Uh, and so uh, that year I was very much thinking about going to Florida. Mm -hmm. um, I thought about Kansas uh, just because my high school team was very gritty and hard-nosed, just kind of how I, I looked at Kansas. And then, obviously, a bunch of Texas schools. Um, and so, I mean, I was pretty content with that. Uh, I, kinda, I felt like that fit my personality, felt kind of the game that I wanted to kind of present. Um, and then, to kind of to our point, coach calls and you kind of you, you you dream bigger dreams, <laughs> and, and 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 because to your point, I mean, yeah, all these I had did all I garnered all these accolades and stuff, but in the moment, you just never know you're gonna make the uh, McDonald's All American game. You never know that you're gonna play Jabari you know, on ESPN. You just kind of just chip away, chip away, hanging out with your friends, and then you look up and these things start happening. And so, in a lot of sense, Doug. I was, I was very much just like, man, I, I, I very much was just grateful that people wanted me, that, that I was able to kind of um, garner some type of attention to where I knew that I would go somewhere. Um, and so very much when Coach called, it was a surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs>
How did you, how did you get into basketball? Like what was your story growing up? Was it something your parents kind of pushed you towards or how did that start? Man. So, um, Doug, I started playing basketball in fourth grade. Being from Texas, you play football. Uh, that was the thing. I think for me, um, a couple of things kind of happened. And so in fourth grade, uh, so I played for a team called Texas Titans, um, basically from fourth grade to, tw- uh, to I went to Duke. We played with guys like Julius Randle, uh, Preston Trout, and, and a bunch of other homegrown players that I've been, I enjoy. Um, and so how I got on that team in fourth grade, I went in the tryouts with a guy named Rod Young. And Rod was really good, um, and I wasn't. And Scott, the coach at the time, he was like, hey, we want Rod, but we don't want Matt. And so what Rod did, being a good friend, Rod went, went to bat for me. And wow. I was like, hey, if you want me, you have to take Matt. And so <laughs> literally, that's kind of how my basketball career ha- started, was somebody going to, take, uh, going to bat for me. Um, and then from there, obviously, wanting not to let him down, um, I think from there, that's when I kind of just doubled down my commitment. Um, and I actually saw that, okay, like, hey, Rod wants to go to war for me, but B, um, who knows where this thing can go. And so I think that's kind of how it started, uh, with somebody going to bat for me. Um, and then from there, just kind of just doubling down every, every year. It's, it's pretty incredible what can happen when someone else believes in you. Dude, it, man, shout out to Rod, Doug. I mean, in, in a lot of sense, you, you're right. I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and looking back on it, a lot of this of what we're talking about wouldn't be possible without him. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to shed some light on, on who he is and his story. Absolutely. You know, that, that, that concept alone of just believing in yourself, believing in others and your team, like, I will say, unbiased, like Coach K, you know, and you'll be able to, you know, test this even more than I will and probably have some stories to share later on in the podcast. But like being around camp, being at camp when I was young and even just being yeah. a fan of Duke, like that's something he preaches on and talks about. And it gives you chills, man. Like, yeah, by far the best guy, just bringing a team together. But like, look, believe in each other. And that's how we, you know, attain this goal. Dude, Coach, Coach taught, I mean, everybody see Coach in his grand light and they should. But it's the simple things that that coach taught and he did. Like the, one of the greatest things coach taught me how to do was how to care. Mm-hmm. Uh, my freshman year, being a kid from Dallas and just not knowing what I didn't know, uh, I was, I stressed out so badly. Um, I woke up one morning and I had this thing called alopecia, which um, if people don't know, it's basically like you start losing your hair. And so I had this huge ball spot, 18 years old, all this pride swelled up in me. And... I didn't know I was contemplating going ball, but I went to coach and I was telling him kind of where I was at. And I was just basically told coach, I'm like, coach, I'm stressing like crazy. And coach looked at me and he was like, Matt, I want you to rephrase that. Instead of saying you're stressing, say you care. And then because you care, or because you you want to care, let me show you what that looks like. And so people uh, a how could you know that but b it's stories like that and it's like conversations like that where coach sees you um and he kind of redirects you in a lot of ways mentally in your heart and 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 physically to where like you grow as a man 
And that and and so caring that doesn't just extrapolate into basketball, but it like it, it creeps into life, it creeps into uh, relationships, it creeps into um, friendships, and so uh, it, it's things that you taught that that extended outside of basketball that I'm very grateful for. That's incredible, and and that's just a comment that you see like the best leaders out there bring the best out of yeah. the people they're leading, and that sounds yeah. like you know what he does such a good job of. Yeah. Oh, he, uh, <laughs> coach is very secure in who he is. Um, which one of the signs of a good leader I'm, I'm starting to notice is that, is that security within, um, because in a lot of sense you have like the year we won, we had eight guys from eight different places, um, all with eight different personalities. Uh, and so how do you, how do you allow these kids essentially cause we were kids, um, to express themselves both good for, for better and for worse, but also help them understand the bigger picture and, and what they're fighting for. Um, Coach did a really good job of making sure that everybody owned um, what we were fighting for. Uh, we had a slogan called eight, eight is enough. And in a lot of ways, I felt like we all got a tattooed on us. <laughs> That's how much we believe. So it, it was, Coach is a, Coach is a, a unique person. No doubt. Well, you kind of brushed on it. You know, walk me through a little bit more of your career at Duke, kind of from, you know, stepping on campus all the way up through, you know, being a national champion and even yeah. on that. Man, duh, lived a full life, lived a full life. And so getting on campus my freshman year uh, with guys like Jabari Parker, Shimmy Ojale, and Nick Pagliuca, um, dude, it was, a, it was a surreal moment. Um, so our freshman year, we lose in the first round, which is, which was like, never do that. <laughs> that year? What'd you say? Who, did Wilmington beat y'all that year? No, we lost to uh, Mercer that year. Mercer, okay. Yes. And so, man, all right. So like, duh. So we lose the first round that year and kind of what I was telling you, looking at Kansas and Florida, Florida actually goes to the final four that year. So I'm thinking like, dang, did I, did I pick the right, did I pick the right school? Uh, but I mean, so uh, get past my freshman year and people were like, oh, I should transfer. Um, Cause I, I came in and I was a shooter, but I only shot 17% from three. And so dude, double whammy. <laughs> and so, um, so freshman year passes, and people are like, oh, you should transfer, blah, blah, blah. And so um, Jalil and Tyus and um, Justice and Grayson, those guys come in. And for me, I'm all right. I'm a double down. I've never been a kid to quit. And so that, that going into my sophomore year was very huge for me. And then obviously those guys come in and they bring a different dynamic. And then you have Quinn going into his, into his senior year. And so he has a dynamic. And so everybody kind of having those chips on their shoulder played out to where we just had a really competitive sophomore year. Um, and I mean, we won and, and that kind of helped uh, change the, the trajectory of my Duke career in a lot of sense, uh, because now I felt like I was starting to figure out why I was there and, and what I was capable of and things like that. And so sophomore year passes, we won a championship Junior year comes by, we got Brandon Ingram coming in and all these other guys. Dude, we very much should have, um, I think we had, another, we had another really good chance of, of doing something. 
personally, I had a really bad ankle injury towards the end versus North Carolina that I felt like I was never fully able to recover from. Um, that really hurt us in a lot of sense. And then things happened. And so junior and senior year was very much of the same of just continuing to just not only uh, ride that championship high, but to, to continue to like add on to it. Um, and so the senior year comes and last thing I really wanted to do basketball wise was win an AC championship. Um, and throughout all this, obviously, um, I'm able to make relationships with Emil and Grayson um, and, and guys like Luke Kennard and, and Marshall Plumley. Um, and so relational was great. Senior year comes, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting, and we win the AC championship. Uh, and for me, Doug, that was, that was like the, the, that was the bringing it all together moment. It was, it was, it was the coming from losing first round, losing the starting spot, going into your sophomore year to starting in a championship, to getting hurt again, to AC championship. And then within all this, going to class, doing your major and starting to make new friends, like, I mean, when you describe all that and bring it all under one roof, dude, that's a full life. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of highs and lows indeed. <laughs> uh, but Doug, looking back on it, it, it's those highs and lows um, that ultimately allowed me to be in the position I am now because it, it gave me exposure um, to what you always want, but, always, but what you don't want. Um, and because of those two things, it brought balance. I think in a lot of ways, the great ones um, in this world, they have balance. Uh, Coach K, he has balance um, where it's he coaches and then having his kids kind of be in the program. Um, it's things like that that you start to, to pick up on um, and that you start to want to uh, branch out and extend into your life. And so that's kind of uh, what I've got out of my due time was that balance to go and reach a broader audience. No doubt. That, that's an amazing, that's an amazing story, man. Your journey is crazy through Duke. Dude, <laughs> it was crazy, <laughs> but it was fun. It was very much fun. No doubt. I, I want to dive in a little more to that, that championship season. You know, I think something that's super cool, like you're, you're very fortunate. You've, I mean, you worked for it and you earned it, but like you won a national championship and that's you yeah. know, something a lot of people dream of that play basketball. And then people that don't play, like they want to win in life too. So talk to us a little bit about, kind of just some success, you know, like what it took to be successful during that year. Like what made you guys different, you know, from that maybe that first year, that freshman season that led to a, a championship level outcome? Sacrifice, 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 sacrifice. Dude, that, that summer literally worked my tail off, Doug. Starting the whole summer um, and the day before the first game, coach brings me into his office and he's like, Matt, we need Quinn to start. Uh, and, you know, obviously I was, I was hurt. It sucked. Uh, but in a lot of ways, just as much potential coach saw in Quinn and just like how much he uh, was, how important he was to the team, I saw the same thing. Whether I wanted to like agree with them in a moment or not, I did. And so um, that moment of sacrifice, like the idea that after we, after we lost Notre Dame in the ACC championship, we all got together um, the next day and was like, hey, flush it. 
we're going to win the championship and this is how we're going to do it. And then we proceeded to like go and practice on our own. And so like the ownership that we had, the sacrifice that we gave um, was, was some of the biggest differences uh, that year. Like, no, everybody just saw their role. Like, dude, we, me and Emil played, what, 22 minutes in the championship game, probably scored two points together. Um, but we guarded Frank Kaminsky and, and Sam Decker, which in a lot of ways you don't get, like, it's not flashy, but it was, it was the dirty work like that that people were committed to that you look up and you do that enough time, you, 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 you do something special. You lose yourself in the process. Um, you chase moments, you pursue moments like coach would tell us. Uh, and, and, and because of all these things, you start to believe it. it. You look up and you're like, man, we did it. We, we actually, we actually did it. Uh, and so dude, it, it was, it was, it was basically just a pure sacrifice. Everybody sacrificed through and through. Um, I mean, cause Grayson even sacrificed. Grayson was not playing a lot that year. Um, he had a really good game against Wake Forest toward the end of the year. Um, we started to creep creep into uh, AC tournament and um, played a little bit in the in the beginning of the tournament because we were winning so much. But then he comes in and he does his thing, and and so like I think the idea of that coach had confidence to put a Grayson Allen into a game like that and, and to allow him to shine uh, that that shows you how much trust uh, we had, but. That trust only came because we were willing to sacrifice. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's such a key component to success. What was it like? Like you guys, you know, I, I kind of fell in love with Duke around that 2010 year, you know, with Nolan yeah. and John and yeah. everybody that had Singler. And obviously those guys were vets. I mean, they were winning. They were around. They were in the program. How, like talk a little bit about, you know, how you guys were able to deal with such a young group. Obviously you did have Quinn. You had Coach yeah. kind of leading the charge. But how did y'all do that? Man, we so Quinn was a Quinn and Emil were great leaders. Um, coach was obviously a great leader, but Quinn and Emil, I think they did a really good job of, of carrying with them what they learned at Duke um, at that time. Because again, I'm only a sophomore, Ty is Jalil and them, they're freshmen, and so half our team are undergraduates still. Um, and so it took a Quinn and Emil and a Marshall. Uh, to really be like, hey guys, uh, this is what we this is what we've been through so far. Because at the time, they didn't they haven't they haven't won a championship of any sort, and so in a lot of ways, they were still searching that for themselves. And so they were able to pull us to the side and tell these stories and relate to us in a way where it's like, hey, we have a good team, but this is just as real as what you guys think you can achieve. And so it was that balance of learning from those guys, but also learning the nuances of what we can do better moving forward. And so um, it was that it was that authentic leadership um, that started with coach and then trickled down from to Quinn and Emil that ultimately trickled down to these kids because <laughs> we were very impressionable still. We didn't know what we didn't know, um, but we just trusted uh, because that we just trusted coach and, and Quinn and them because they were consistent. And they were authentic. No doubt. And I'm sure there's some level of just like, you know, coach, coaches obviously set the standard. I mean, that was not overnight. Like, you know, he's had yeah. a Hall of Fame. I mean, a GOAT yeah. career. Yeah. And I'm sure you, you go to Duke and you're like, man, like, 
you know, I'm a great player. You're confident in your ability, but you're like, you know, I got to listen to this guy. He knows what he's yeah. doing. Proof's in the pudding. Yeah. yeah, Coach definitely been there, done that. I mean, dude, Coach is solid, dude. You can feel it. No doubt. I have an interesting question for you. And this kind of, you know, moves on to something else. But, like, going to Duke, like, it's biggest, biggest market, biggest – I want to talk almost like a business conversation. Like, it's the biggest business in, the, in college basketball. Yeah. What was it like for you guys as players getting a chance to interact with like these celebrities, rappers, people like presidents coming to the games? Like, were you guys prepped for that? Or was that just something y'all kind of have to learn and adapt to? We learned and adapt to it easily. I mean, it, it was, dude, uh, it's so funny because you, you know the excitement that you have to meet these guys. But then for my case, at least, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very big observer. Um, and so looking at, these people meet coach and have the same giddy little kid feeling that you have meeting them. And, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a different dynamic that, that keeps you, that keeps you at bay. Like that kept me at bay. Understanding that, like, okay, somebody gets excited for somebody <laughs> that allowed me to lean more into my little kid ways um, to where, when we met these people, it was just like, Hey, I'm a basketball player, but I want to know more about what you do um, and, 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 and just basically observe and, and see your mannerisms. Because, like, in a lot of sense, you, see, you, read, you read up on them and you, don't, you think they're, like, more than a human being. Right. Um, and so it, it was both good to interact with them and have that giddiness. But now that I'm entering and, and pivoting to the, the business world, it gives me a fortitude um, – that a lot of people wouldn't have now that I'm going, now I can go into in front of these guys and talk to them more in a way and more in a language that they understand and less of a, of, Hey, I'm a little kid and I'm green. Yeah, no doubt. What, do you have a particular person, your favorite person you met during your time at Duke? Man, dude, right. <laughs> to kind of give you a sense of, to kind of give you a sense of just like who Coach K is and just like the random people that you you can meet. Man, we met, we met, uh, we met the Mr. and Mrs. Wynn of like the Wynn Hotel in, in Vegas. Wow. We had dinner with them. And I mean, obviously it's, it's the Wins and then it's Coach and then it's the coaches. And we were captains at the, to me and Emil were captains at the time. And so we were able to sit by Coach. Um, and so being able to meet them was, was interesting because, A, you don't really hear much about them in, in the sense of, like, in the basketball world, in the world that we were in. Sure. Um, but obviously they have, like, this massive hotel and, and one of the, the world's greatest markets um, for what they do. And so to be able to, like, meet them, to, like, kind of hear how they talked uh, was really, really unique. Um, and so I say that to say that, like, dude, we met a bunch of random high network people through coach. Um, I think the biggest one, uh, well, not the biggest one, but for me, at least the time we met Kobe, uh, was really special. We met him before the championship game, actually. Wow. Um, and so that was, that was really awesome. And then obviously him and coach had a really good relationship. Um, and so to see him like glowing when he saw coach was you know, stuff like that get added to your respect level of coach because it's not just basketball players that have respect for coach. It was everybody. 
And so in, in some ways, his, his leadership style translated. That's incredible, man. Well, man, I, I really do appreciate your time. Kind of my last wrap up question for you. You've had an amazing experience throughout life with basketball, with you know, things you've done outside of the game. Is there one final piece of advice you can kind of leave us with, you know, that you might have learned from the game that you can apply just to life in general, just kind of more general? Yeah. Uh, good question. Uh, dude, I would say uh, I, would, I, would, I would leave you with the idea that success is not binary. Um, it's very much made up in the everyday waking up, putting your socks on, brushing your teeth, the small minutiae um, that you look up and you do that enough um, and people start to notice. You start to notice yourself. Um, you start to notice like the strength that you get through that discipline. Um, and so I would just say the idea of uh, commitment um, and just how committed are you? And it's not to like the big commitments of going to practice and things, but it's like the small commitments of when nobody's looking at you, like, what are you doing? What, what questions are you asking your mentor? Like, do you have a mentor? Um, like, what are you learning? Um, I would tell the people that success is very much a learner's game. You have to continuously learn um, in order to, to be successful. That year, our sophomore year, it was very much learning how to come off the bench, learning how to start, learning how to to deal with two transfers, learning how to deal with uh, health scares. Um, and so being resilient, being having that learner's mentality. And if you have that, ultimately you'll look up and be successful. The learn, learners inherit the earth mm. in a lot of sense in my mind. And so, uh, yeah, just stay learning, stay, stay a learner, stay curious. I love that. Matt, thank you so much for being on the AIM podcast, man. You've been an incredible guest. Dude, and, uh, Doug, thanks for having me, man. I enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the AIM podcast with Matt Jones. The biggest takeaway is success is not binary. It is a process and you can be as successful as you want to be when you take action every day. Don't push it off till tomorrow or next week. Go get it done. Guys, we hope you have a great week. If you've got anything you want to talk to us about, any questions or maybe topics you want to hear covered on the podcast, please tweet at us using hashtag AIM podcast or you can send us a message on Instagram at ambition of mind 247 and please make sure that you hit our YouTube up. Check out the live feed. We've got some awesome stuff coming on our YouTube. But guys, we hope you have a great week. Get after it. And as always, keep ambition in mind.